appreciate the reading of the scripture, appreciate an elder reading the scripture for us, appreciate the leadership and the direction that they're striving to do, and I'm asking you to seriously consider what was discussed this morning in this morning's lesson about home mission not so much as what we believe we can do, but more so believing what God has in store for us. It's your choice. And I'm praying that you would seriously consider making that commitment. You're not making the commitment to the elders. You're not making the commitment to home missions. You're making the commitment to God. And we need to think about what we're asking or what is being asked of us of being his servants and to doing the things that would be pleasing in his sight. What we're discussing and hoping to do is nothing more than what is expected of us as servants of God. And so I want you to pray about it, think about it, consider it, and to let the elders know your thoughts or your concerns or your support and that desire or that decision that we want to make that, that is being considered to make of what we can do to further the kingdom of God here in Cedar Hill. Someone goes along with the line of changing the bottom, the bottom line. How do you change it? Do you take the step just above the bottom line to make the change? From the reading and from life and the scriptures, we understand that to change the bottom line, if you want to see a change in what the congregation can do here in Cedar Hill, if you want to see the change that can take place in the lives of us as individuals, talk to God. Talk to God. See, that does not begin to change you. You lay your request, you lay your concerns. What are you petitioning God for? Petitioning God so that we can say, listen, three years ago, here's where we're at. And three years, as we go look forward and say, look where we have gone. Have we considered where God is? And what he may have in store and how he chooses to work. Every prayer that we offer does change that bottom line. You can never remain the same. Even if you don't petition God, you can never remain the same. That's an impossibility. We're moving. We're either moving forward or we're drifting backwards. It's our choice. You know, I'm asking God to stop the drift. 
that I need to be willing to listen to God as to how that drift is stopped and for the change to be made within our life. Paul gives a purpose for his writing over in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. This is the church of the living God. It's built upon the foundation of God's word. We're here because of who he is and what he has done and what he is doing and what he shall do. Are we willing to surrender to submit? Don't put those two words together. Are we willing to surrender and submit our will to His? I listen. I listen to me at times in prayers. How selfish am I? You cannot answer that one. You have to answer, how selfish are you in your prayers? How selfish are you in your prayers? What are you really petitioning God in your prayers? God, I've got some health problems. and If it be your will, and I really want it to be your will, if it be your will, please remove these health issues from me. Sounds somewhat familiar? God, we want to grow. Not because that's what we need to do, but because if we remain as we are, we are given a bad impression upon the community. You ever see those people over at the downtown congregation, Cedar Hill? Now, they can't even get out of the funeral home. What are we petitioning God for? Are we petitioning that his name would be glorified? What's that bottom line that we're looking for? If I'm looking for a place to say, well, wow, I'm glad I'm here. Look what we're able to do. We're looking for, I am glad that God is being glorified. I'm glad his name is being spread about. And I'm willing to take whatever does come our way. We're looking for the the positive sides of things, which is what we want to do. But what about if it's not that way? Are we going to be God's people?
How many do we know that have chosen an alternate course? And what they're going to do or how they want to do it. And choose to move on. Rather than petitioning God that his will. And if I'm petitioning God that his will be done here. I need to realize that involves here. As well as it does there. And over here, and the fingers go all over the place, and that thumb keeps coming right back to to me. What are we striving to do within our life? Paul was telling Timothy, I exhort you, first of all, that supplications... Prayers, intercessions, the giving of thanks be made for the godly. Is that what he said? No, no, that's not what he says there. I want the prayers, the petitioning of the Heavenly Father. The supplications, the intercessions on behalf of all, the the giving of thanks be made for all men. Consideration again, we are a community. We are a race, a human race. We're collectively human beings who are either in a relationship with God or not. Or maybe in between. I'm here, but am I really here wanting to do the bidding of God? Am I pleading for the interest of others? Look at what the Hebrew writer says over in Hebrews chapter 7. In verse 25, talking about Jesus being the high priest, verse 22, that he is a surety of a better covenant. There are many priests that because that were prevented by death from continuing, but he continues forever as an in, unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Wow. Where would we be if the Son of God was not already making intercession to the Heavenly Father on behalf of all people. Where would we be? Doesn't take long to read Scripture to see what man does when he's on his own. And sometimes we fail to realize how much God has done, is doing, and will continue to do as He works through human beings. Good in evil 
human beings and the accomplishing of his purpose and his will within our lives. How often do we express the giving of thanks for the blessings that we have received? Well, I haven't received all the blessings that I've asked for. It hasn't turned out the way I had wanted it to turn out. But how many blessings have we received? Again, it's an impossibility. And really don't spend time even wanting to dwell on it. Because there's no way humanly possible to conceive of living in a world that God was not in that world. Since he's created this world, he's in it. So we're there. So it's hard to conceive what things could be if God was not interested in the human beings that he has created in his own image and after his own likeness. We all see the evil and how can that be and how long before God will bring that wrath upon us and so on and so forth. But we don't realize why God has allowed a lot of that. Read the book of Job. How many times are we like Job? God, I really love to sit down and talk to you face to face. I'd like to know why. Why would you, and Job, from my reading of Job anyway, did not know that conversation between God and Satan in heaven. But why would you allow Satan, I mean, to utterly destroy everything that I have? To take my children and everything else. Why? Isn't that what Job is wanting to do? I want to have a confrontation. I want to have an interaction with God. I want to petition Him because I believe I can justify what I'm doing. And so the why. And you do find you get over chapter 39 and follow Him. When Job gets his wish, God, I want to talk to you face to face. Job, you got it. Now let me ask you a question. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? Tell me if you understand why I created this world the way I have created this world. Why did I make it this way? Can you answer that? Why does the sun rise in the east and set in the west? Why does all these things take place that he goes on to describe? Give me an answer if you got it. When you can answer all of that, then we can sit down and discuss the why. No, foolish. Foolish to go that way. So we want the evil removed. We think we know how the evil can be removed. So we remove one evil and guess what? Another one rises up. And we move that evil, guess what? Another one rises up. Read human history. Read the rise and the falls of nations. Read the rise and the fall of God's people. Reminding us, 
I'm petitioning the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe. I'm petitioning the God Almighty in heaven who is pure and holy and without blame. And no fault can be laid against him. And I'm petitioning him to change that bottom line. Am I willing to listen to him and how that's done? What is he going to tell the people? Pray for those that are in leadership. Petition God for them. Submit to the governing authority because there is no governing authority except from God. Petitioning God on that. Read the history of the scriptures. Read Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel. What's said in Daniel 2 when Daniel's petitioning God to interpret the king's dreams? Bring kingdoms to rise and kingdoms to fall. God does that. Daniel further prophesied to Nebuchadnezzar that there's going to come a time when Nebuchadnezzar is going to understand who God is. He forgot several times. And he would get the reminder of who he was. There'd be a time when he would wander around in the wilderness eating grass like an ox. And it's interesting, I believe, Daniel. But it's also interesting to read the historical account that that's what happened. Nebuchadnezzar did. Their records record that. Did you know that? Their records record that. They just simply describe he was out of his mind (laughs) for a period of time. Never described why. Yeah, why he was out of his mind. But Daniel says why? Until he learned. He was a ruler. He had a powerful kingdom. But he's not immune to the hand of God. And neither are we along the way. This is good and acceptable that we petition God who desires all men to be saved. That's his desire. And to be able to see that in life of individuals, and that's been true up and down through time, individuals that you would least expect to hear, to receive, accept, and obey the gospel. Some of those have been those have been on death row. Those who have made the changes. Those who have been on death doorstep and made the changes. Sometimes people question that. Well, the only reason he became a Christian because he's he's about to die. Wanting to set his house in order before that takes place. How do you know that? One. Two is I leave that in the hands of God. But I've seen those individuals. And I've seen the change that is made in those individuals. Why somebody who could, again, allow his wife and 
his three children could take them to church for 30 years, leave them off at the front door, pick them up when services were over, and never step, step inside that, get diagnosed with cancer. A death sentence. Is it totally a death sentence? Got his attention. Made a change. Until his dying day, his love was for the church. To his dying day, all he wanted to do was to be at services. He loved the singing. He loved the singing. He loved the songs. What was the bottom line? That he would become a Christian. How long did it take to get to that bottom line? It took a long time. We're taught in the scriptures, remember the patience of Job. We like the answers now. And those are not ours to have. Ours is to trust God in doing the things that are indeed that are right. We're reminded in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 18. Verses 7 and 8. And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, Will he really find faith on the earth? Let that passage ever haunt you. When the Son of Man returns, will he really find faith on the earth? Oh, I've got faith. No. It wavers so many times. The evidence of things not seen, the conviction of things that we haven't seen. Do I have that faith? I do not see. But I trust. I have a faith in God that He has a love for His people that really defiles description. How do you explain what he does and how he does it? Change that bottom line. You go to the top. God. He already knows, but God. What am I asking for? Do I really want to pray? God, your will 
not mine, be done. Your will, Father. Your will be done. Does it involve disappointment? It may. Does it involve setbacks? It may. Does it involve heartaches? It may. But God, I want your will to be done. I want you to be glorified. I want you to be upheld and honored. I don't want them to look at me and say, oh, what a great man you are. I want them to see what a great God I serve. I want the glory to go to him. So as I petition him for kings, for the rulers, for those in authority, for those that are persecuting, I'm petitioning his will be done. That he will work it for his glory and for his honor. So that when Jesus does come, or when we've reached that final step of the way, the faith becomes sight and the victory is won. The choice as we go through is up to you. So the scriptures remind us wherever we go and whatever we do, pray to God. And as I learn more and more about him, more and more of the prayers change. Where are you in this relationship? Why do you petition the head? Why do you petition God? What are you really looking for? What are you really asking? Are we asking, God, may your will be done? Have you considered how that might be? If we do this, this isn't a work of the elders. This is a work of the Lord. And as a work of the Lord, are you going to be involved in the work of the Lord? And do you understand what's going to be asked of you if you surrender your will to his will? Thou, my everlasting portion, is he, is he your everlasting portion? Is a heart committed to him? Are you willing to do his will? If there's a need to make a change in your life, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.